We continue this morning with the sermon series through the Ten Commandments. This is the 11th sermon in the series, and we come now to the Fifth Commandment. Let me commend to you the the Reformed Catechisms, the Heidelberg Catechism, the Westminster Shorter and Larger Catechism as guides and aids as we work through this this series. Uh, you'll find in the Westminster Larger Catechism, uh, it treat it has the the largest treatment of of any topic is on this very commandment, the fifth commandment. Um, I commend that to you. If you need a copy of it, please let Jonathan or me know. You'll find it in your Reformation Study Bible if you have one of those. I believe it's also in the back of the Trinity Hymnal, if you have a Trinity Hymnal at home. Take a look at the larger catechism's treatment of the fifth commandment. Let us ask the Lord to bless the reading and the hearing of His holy word. Our gracious Father, Your law is holy, just, and good, and we thank You. We pray now by the blessing of your Holy Spirit that we might behold wondrous things out of your law. We thank you for your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the righteous law keeper, who for our sake and our salvation offered himself to be a curse for us that we might be delivered from the curse of our sins under the law. So in his name and for his sake, O Lord, we pray that you would bless the reading, the hearing, the preaching, and receiving of your holy word. To the glory of your name, amen. amen. I invite you now to open your pew Bible to Exodus chapter 20 for the unison reading of God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20. It is written, and God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no gods shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in it, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your And now unto him who loves us, who has freed us from our sins by his blood, to Jesus Christ be all praise, honor, glory, dominion, and power forever and ever. Amen. 
Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. This morning in this part one on the fifth commandment, we're going to consider these four points. So if you want to take notes on your insert, here are the four points. The placement of the fifth commandment, the placement. The need for the fifth commandment, the need, the meaning of the fifth commandment, the meaning, the gospel, and the fifth commandment, the gospel. Number one, the placement of the fifth commandment. Last Sunday, we noted the traditional understanding that the first four commandments were written on the first tablet of the law, having to do with our duty to and our love for God that the last six, five through ten, regarding our duty to and love for neighbor, were written on the second tablet. First tablet, love for God. Second tablet, love for neighbor. When we put the two together, we have the summary of the law as taught by Jesus. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love of God and love of neighbor go together. They are inseparable. The two tablets of the Ten Commandments go together. They are inseparable. So now think about the placement of the Fifth Commandment. The Fifth Commandment is the link or the hinge connecting the two tablets. The fifth commandment is the link or the hinge which connects love for God and love for neighbor. Now this works itself out in very practical terms. As children, how do we learn to honor and obey God? By learning to honor and obey God our parents. As children, how do we learn to love our neighbors, treating them with respect? By honoring and respecting our parents. And as children, we learn to honor and obey not only God, but also all those in rightful authority over us, teachers, other parents, other authority figures, by first of all learning to honor and obey our parents. So it's no accident that this commandment is number five. Its placement shows the divine wisdom of the lawgiver. In fact, in Jewish tradition, the fifth commandment is often listed on the first tablet concerning our relationship with God in order to emphasize the sacred duty of honoring father and mother. Parents are the representatives of God to their children. Parents, parents of dependent children at home, have you ever thought about that? The fact fact that you are the representatives of God to your children, particularly you fathers. More on that next week, Lord willing. The point is that parents stand in God's place in relation to their dependent children. In the the physical, natural sense, the parents 
are the child's creator, provider, lawgiver, teacher, and protector. Therefore, to honor one's father and mother is to honor God himself. Indeed, to honor one's father and mother is an expression of honor to God because each one of us has received our very life from God through those whom he ordained to be our parents. If we dishonor our parents through whom God has given us our very life, then surely we dishonor God, our Creator. As one bit of Jewish wisdom puts it, to curse one's mother is to infuriate one's Creator. But now let's think again about the fifth commandment, the length, the hinge between the two. Consider it at the top of the second tablet. Honor your father and your mother is the first of the laws dealing with human relationships. The parent-child relationship is the priority, foundational human relationship. It's being undermined minute by minute in our culture. But the fact is that the parent-child relationship is the priority, foundational human relationship. So it's, a, its placement above all the other commandments of the second tablet is, is significant. All the other commandments, 6 through 10, in a way depend upon the fifth commandment, at least in terms of the moral character foundation of children. And, and its placement speaks to point number two, the need for the fifth commandment. The need for the fifth commandment is simply this. In this fallen world, the health and peace of the family and of human society in general, the health and peace of Christ's church are directly related to, dependent upon, obedience to the fifth commandment. Why? Because children born with a sinful nature. Now, parents, grandparents, don't ever forget that. Children born with a sinful nature need to be trained, nurtured, disciplined to honor God, to honor their parents, and to honor others appropriately. And the way that they learn that is by being taught to obey the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. But if a child does not learn to love, respect, and obey his or her parents, the chances are very great that that child will never really learn to love, respect, and obey God. Except for some gracious, dramatic conversion later in life. If a child does not learn to love, respect, and obey his or her parents, the chances are greatly increased that that child will never truly learn to love others as themselves, nor to respect and obey any authority, except that that child might possibly someday learn to respect authority the hard way after it's too late. And what sort of cumulative effect will that have on human society in general? Not a good one. We can well see in our own day. 
You see, the fifth commandment teaches us that in God's ordering of his world, in God's design for human society upon the earth, the family is the foundational unit, the foundational building block of all human relationships. If we truly love our children, we will command and demand that they honor us. Because a disrespectful child is a child in rebellion against God. And if that disrespectful attitude is allowed to become ingrained, nothing good can come of it. Deuteronomy 27, 16 says, Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother. Perhaps even more arresting is Proverbs 30, verse 17. Proverbs 30, verse 17, the Word of God, which says, The eye that mocks a father. You know that look? The eye? The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. The eye. That's a vivid, horrifying image of the spiritual, personal consequences of unrepentant rebellion against the fifth commandment. God does not take kindly to the mocking eye. Nip it in the bud. And the, if the Lord wills, next Sunday we'll, be, we'll dig a little deeper into practical aspects of teaching children to honor their parents. That's going to be part two. But one more thing on this point. If we're teaching our children and grandchildren to obey the fifth commandment, then it behooves us to set before them an honorable example, an example of love and grace, uprightness and self-discipline, faithfulness, Faithfulness in worship, self-control, empathy, understanding, patience, peaceableness, prayerfulness, and attentiveness. More on that next week. But now we come to point number three, the meaning of the fifth commandment. Well, the meaning is rather straightforward. To respect, to highly esteem, and to obey your parents. The Heidelberg Catechism, which you have on your insert, says that I honor, love, and be loyal to my father and mother and all those in authority over me, that I obey and submit to them as is proper when they correct and punish me. That would refer to dependent children. And also that I be patient with their failings, for through them God chooses to rule us. Now, two brief comments of clarification. A. Dependent children in the home are to obey their parents. And and that is assuming that their parents are not commanding things contrary to God's word. And B, independent adult children are not required to obey their parents, but are still commanded to honor them in other ways as are appropriate. 
But what about neglectful, abusive, or terribly difficult parents? Some of you may have a sad childhood history of that. Um, some of you, even now as adults, may be dealing with terribly difficult, even emotionally abusive, aged parents. Now, this requires the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit to really help you. Obeying the fifth commandment in relation to a neglectful, abusive, or terribly difficult parent at its most basic level means not returning evil for evil, not seeking revenge, Asking the Lord for the grace to forgive and to let go. And for the strength to endure. Seeking to do that which is truly right in relationship to the parent. According to Christian principles, but not being oppressed, controlled, or manipulated by their sinful demands or attitudes. This is a difficult issue, and it's really better suited to one-on-one conversation, addressing your particular personal situation, rather than general comment from the pulpit. So if you need help, seek help from one of your pastors, an elder, a godly, mature, trusted Christian friend, or a Christian counselor, and God give you grace. Now, continuing the meaning of the fifth commandment, it begins at home. But one of the principles of the Ten Commandments is that each one of the commandments serves as a major heading of a major subject which covers lots of aspects. For example, you shall not commit adultery has to do not only with that illicit act per se, but also more broadly with the sanctity of marriage, the protection and nurture of marriage, the honor of the institution of marriage, and all matters related to the sanctity of human sexuality for the glory of God. Big category. Likewise, honor your father and your mother has to do with the sanctity of the family as the basic building block of human society. But as we've already noted, it has to do with all who are in authority over us. That includes babysitters, teachers, coaches, employers, public office holders. Yes, we are to show honor and respect for the office, even though we may disagree with the policies of a particular elected official or might not like his personality. It includes law enforcement and others with public authority. And also, it includes those who are vested with authority in the church, such as ruling elders and teaching elders. More on that later. Take a look at the larger catechism in the meantime. You can see the point. Here's the thing. Like it or not, like it or not, like it or not, God has ordered His world in a hierarchical fashion. And there's no escaping that fact. And that applies everywhere, in the home, at school, on the athletic team, at work, wherever you work, in the political realm, in the military, and in the church. 
in our various different walks of life and seasons of life and in differing scenarios, in differing relationships, we will be relating to people who are in a position higher than ours or a position lower than ours and or a position which is equal to ours. And the fifth commandment teaches us to show honor and respect to whom honor and respect are due in all of those situations in terms of the relation, the position, or the office of the people to whom we are relating. And now number four, the gospel in the fifth and the fifth commandment. How do we hear the gospel in the fifth commandment? Honor your father and your mother. But we all know that we, as dependent children and as parents and as adults in relationship to our parents, we all know that we haven't perfectly kept the fifth commandment perfectly in every way. Surely we all must admit that we are lawbreakers. And by the way, if we don't take that very seriously, just remember that to curse or mistreat father or mother in ancient Israel was a capital offense. And whether that capital punishment was ever actually applied in the case is open to debate, but that that was the standard of God's holiness in the civil code of ancient Israel. And in that light, let's think about Jesus. The Gospel of Luke gives us the only biblical account of Jesus' childhood. And one of our favorite stories is that one about Jesus at the age of 12 when he went with his parents and extended family members to Jerusalem for Passover. And then you remember, he turned up missing. He was lost. Where's Jesus? His parents were worried sick. But after three days, ding, 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 Don't miss that, Luke tells us, after three days. His parents found him in the temple. And after his mother scolded him, he gently replied, Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And then says Luke, He went down with them to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Well, Jesus, even as a little boy, was obedient, perfectly obedient to his parents. His stay in the temple, unbeknownst to them, was not a sin against them, because even at age 12, he was responding to the call of his heavenly father. Later in Jesus' life, after Joseph died, Jesus was especially attentive to his mother Mary. Even as Jesus was dying on the cross, he cared for her. He entrusted his mother Mary into the care of his beloved disciple, the apostle John. And so as we look at ourselves and how far we fall short regarding the fifth commandment, we must look to Jesus and to his perfect obedience. His perfect obedience to his parents and, of course, his perfect obedience to his heavenly Father was for our sake and for our salvation. He perfectly fulfilled the fifth commandment beyond any way that we could ever imagine ourselves doing. Now listen to this. Listen. In obedience to the fifth commandment, Jesus even submitted himself to the corrupt earthly authorities who were going to crucify him. The high priest and Pontius Pilate 
He submitted himself voluntarily to their authority. Because that was his way of submitting himself to the ultimate and sovereign authority of his Father in heaven. For the sake of of salvation of sinners who believe in him. You've got to love him for that. You've got to love him for that. Think about his testimony before Caiaphas and Pilate as an expression of his perfect obedience to the fifth commandment for your sake. And those who place their faith in Christ have new life through him by his resurrection from the dead, freed from the curse of sin. Raised with Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments to the honor of His name. To God be the glory. Amen. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we give You thanks and praise for the glorious gospel of Your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who loved us and in perfect obedience to you, gave himself up for us. In his name, O Lord, we pray that your Spirit will work your Word in our hearts to renew our minds and transform our lives, that we might more truly and fully walk in your ways. To the glory of your name, amen. In response to the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, let us stand to affirm our faith as we say together the Apostles' Creed. Christian, in whom do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. 